Welcome back to Snark Notes. Um, let's be official and start this whole thing by telling people to like find us on iTunes yes. and subscribe and rate and review and like other fancy things that people with real podcasts say. So like go tell us how much you like us there, I guess. Like or hate us. I think even bad press is good. We'll send you five dollars. Oh no. I'm just <laughs> Okay, so um, our topic of the day, um, I think it's a fun one, it's slightly different. Um, so Alice and I, like, should have probably already known this about each other, but, like, maybe on the more recent side, discovered that we were both really sensitive children. Um, <laughs> I think it's, like, sensitive people in general. Sensitive, I don't but, like, know that I, like, outgrew it. No, yeah, and that, like, beyond being, like, a sensitive child or just generic person, that, like, specifically as children, we were really good readers, and, like, <laughs> so that, like, sometimes that encouraged people to push us to read material that was like perhaps beyond our like appropriate age range or age um, range or sensitivity yes. I think sometimes it was that like we were not old enough to be reading it and sometimes they just didn't realize that we were emotional basket <laughs> cases <laughs> they just were not gonna react well I sure. think it's perfectly normal to demand that when the spooky music for Dateline comes on someone changes the channel I, think, I hey I was always running out of the room like perpetually I think half of the books like we're talking about are things that I arguably should have liked and I was just neurotic as hell and reacted <laughs> poorly to them. Okay, but like, I think, you know what I mean, like, I think for all the home runs on like, read Harry Potter, oh my god, it's fantastic, like, read Roald Dahl, this is the best thing I've ever done, yeah. like, there had to be some strikeouts where like, they just didn't really, you know, dwell in tension. It's a numbers game. Parents or teachers, and they just didn't really get it right. <laughs> no, it's totally a numbers game. Ironically, when Harry Potter was first recommended to me, I was like, that sounds stupid. Soccer, but on brooms? <laughs> Why the fuck would I read that? So, so we, like, literally played Quidditch in college as, like, an actual sport. Freshman year, it was a hall bonding activity. Everyone did it. <laughs> But yes, <laughs> that is accurate. I wasn't very good at it, but it's accurate. You know what? It's fun. So yeah, today we bring you, we each have um, four examples of like either like books or movies or things that we were like forced to read mm -hmm. um, or see um, and have like very strong negative reactions to. Maybe we're scarred for life from a little bit. No, uh, maybe we're still a little bit scared of that thing, uh, depending on what it is. I don't know. Alice, would you like to start us? Yes, I would. Okay, so Alice is starting off with um, a favorite classic. <laughs> okay, so we, I feel like we've talked about this before, but arguably not that much since I know you also had this experience. <laughs> but when I was, I think in first grade, I'm starting chronological here. When yeah. I was in first grade, I read a book, it was like Book of Spooky Stories. Isn't it called In a Dark Dark Room and Other Scary Stories? That sounds accurate. <laughs> I, I feel like I remember there being, like, a head that was also, like, a house on the front <laughs> of it, which was also creepy. Like, I'm sure all of the stories really freaked me out, but I only really remember one, the green ribbon. Yes. And there's this woman who's married to this guy, and they meet, and she always has this green fucking ribbon around her neck. And he, very rightfully, after the first couple of encounters, is like, hey, girl, I really like you, but why do you have a green fucking ribbon around your neck? <laughs> and she just never answers him. Until she dies, and then he takes the ribbon off. Or no, it's before he dies. Oh, what? Like, right as she's about to die, she's like, okay, you can take it off now. And her fucking head falls off. It's so freaking creepy. <laughs> I have a real issue with it. Such a dick move. Like, you don't tell him that, like... You... You've been fucking dead this whole time, probably. 
Probably. He's already gonna be emotionally distraught that you're, you know, the love of his life is dying and you're just leaving on a prank? Like, haha, here's my head. Have fun with that knowledge. I feel like some of this is on him though, because like, shouldn't you like we just waited until she was asleep and then tried to take it off? I mean maybe. He's way too trusting. I would have called that bitch out way earlier. <laughs> But no, it really affected me, and I didn't talk to anyone about it when I was in first grade, and I only remember, remember mentioning it in high school, because in high school, I was running track, and there was some spirit where I had to wear, or had decided to wear a ribbon around my neck, and I hadn't really thought about that book for a while, and it really freaked me out, and I remember being at lunch and being like, hey guys, like, I know I shouldn't be worried about this, because I know <laughs> it's not real. One, I'm in high school, but... Too, do you remember that book about the green ribbon? And I will say universally, like maybe not everyone, but at least like 75% remembered, remembered it. it and it had affected them. And I was like, I know that when I take this ribbon off my neck that my head isn't going to fall off, but also it kind of feels like it <laughs> You're might. You're inexplicably worried about it anyways. Like kind of. Like this is not a good fear to have generally, but like as a 90s kid, it's an especially <laughs> bad fear because choker necklaces were fucking they everywhere. Were I mean, they're like making a comeback now too. And I know, and they, I always think about the green fucking it, ribbon. It is sort of a fashion trend that I would expect you to be on board with, and this explains why you're not. I kind of am, like in theory, but then I, I don't know. I feel like I can't breathe, and like my head is gonna fall off. All right, that's fair. So. That's fair. Well, so okay, so my similar type uh, story that happened I was a year older than you so this happened in the second grade mm -hmm. and uh we did a uh unit on like fairy tales and like folk tales and so we watched a movie version of a folk tale called Bearskin, which is the most fucked up shit that I've ever okay. seen. So I want you to pause and tell me about this because as soon as you said Bearskin when we were talking earlier, I had this visceral <laughs> feeling that I had watched this or read this and yes. felt affected by it and that I had blocked it out and did not. Yeah. Okay. So Bearskin is like, if I remember correctly from the fucking second grade, the basic premise is that like this guy meets this magician and like... He's going to be, like, endlessly rich. Like, his pockets are always going to be full of money, and he's never... He's always going to be wealthy, never going to run out of money. But the deal is that he, like, can't shower, like, can't bathe, can't cut his hair, can't cut his fingernails, like... And he has to wear this, like, gross old bearskin for, like, fucking seven years or some shit. And then, like, if he does it for the seven years, then he, like, continues to be endlessly wealthy. But so, like, obviously people treat him like shit because he's, like, fucking... Like a gross person in a bearskin that like doesn't bathe, and I was just like really disturbed by the fact that he like was uncleanly, <laughs> and I was like really like had a very visceral reaction to it, and like I was like the kind of kid that like used to really hold on to like things that I imagined, and like once something was in my head, I like wouldn't be able to stop it's thinking about it, and so like I remember going home that I'm like not being able to sleep because I just like couldn't stop thinking about bearskin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really traumatizing for me. Wait, what were other things that like, because I can think immediately of two super bizarre things that I had in my head that I felt like I knew weren't going to happen, but like the imagery stuff. Um, I also was really, you remember that? Um, You, I definitely remember this because you were one of the body sock kids. Oh. So we sang this song that was called, I don't remember what it was, oh, it was called Dweller of the Cave. That's and right. it was like, in the dark of the night, there's a mist that glows. And it was like about fucking like cavemen or something. And we did this special performance performance of it in the gym and Alice was one of the few children selected to be a body sock kid so she, she was like in the dark in a body sock okay so 
for those of you who don't know, a body sock, like imagine a really large pillowcase made out of light crap. That is what I was in. And I would also preface this by saying if that you I don't am, know what a body sock is, you need to Google it immediately. It's hilarious. I think there were also flashlights on us, like it was in the dark. And I also think the only thing to really appreciate about this is I'm one of the least coordinated people you will ever meet. So I don't know why. Out of like my whole class, they were like, that girl, her dancing skills are real bad, but they really fit with the aesthetic of it a body sock. The color of the case. In the dark, like glow. Color of the case. I really, I used to get stuck in my head and I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about like cave dwellers and then I would get really upset. That's amazing. I will say it's a super creepy song. I had two things. I, I knew that this wasn't the case, but I somehow, like the thought popped into my head that there was a vampire living in my basement. Yeah, yeah. So when the lights were off, I would have to run down and run back up. And I knew it wasn't the case, but I was like, there's a like less than a 1% chance that there's a vampire in my basement. <laughs> but what if there is? <laughs> Similar to that, I like, was somewhat convinced that there was an alligator living in my backyard under the pine trees in Maine. That does, I, you know, a similar, this is like in a positive way. Yeah. But like, so, um, my sister, um, once like pretty effectively convinced me that the band Hanson that sings Oombop, um, lived in her closet and like, I didn't believe her at first, but like her boombox, because like we were 90s kids, so her boombox was like right next to her closet and I was like, oh no, I don't believe you. And she goes, well then where does the music come from? And I was like, she's fucking right. Like, where does the music come from? And then there was like a brief, like one day period where I really genuinely believed that Hanson lived in my sister's closet. That's um, like such an amazing older sibling play. Yeah. I never had this because I have a sister and we're twins and that it's just the two of us. But yeah. like, I feel like older siblings, like you hear about these opportunities <laughs> to use that to their advantage. That is yeah. a genius yeah. play. Yes. Cross to Darcy. Real good. Shout out. Question right. for you on Bearskin and then we'll move on. Yeah. Would you do that? Like if someone gave No, you absolutely that? fucking not because I fucking watched that movie and was like so emotionally upset about it and that's maybe why I chose to be a swimmer because I'm always thinking... <laughs> Seven years is a lot. It's I would a long make time. you do it for a year, but like seven years, like you'd be so gross. Yeah, you definitely couldn't live anywhere warm. You'd have to live Ugh. somewhere Ugh. like cold, Ugh. so that like it actually makes sense. Gross. Anyways, okay. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm just stalling because I don't want to get to the point. Talk about Firebringer. Okay, I'm pretty sure that the book was called Firebringer, but I'm not positive. So. <laughs> As has already been established on this podcast, I was a Redwall kid. Yes. <laughs> and so my parents very thoughtfully found another book for me about talking animals. Because <laughs> they were like, this is going to go over big. And they were actually right. It was a book called Firebringer, and it was all about deer. And the little of it I remember it is that it's basically Harry Potter, only it's about deer. Like, they even had, like, an orphan deer, like, was the main character, and he had, like, a distinctive mark on his forehead and there was a prophecy about him and I ate that shit up and I read it deep into the night I think it was maybe like 2am and I was like so excited even though I was like young I was like gotta know what happened I think I had like a flashlight I needed to know how this like <laughs> Harry Potter deer book would end and you know how it fucking ended the villain also a deer it turned out to like gain power had like 
killed and eaten the heart of a like 10 year old human boy and it fucking messed with me <laughs> and I remember like really freaking out about it and I couldn't even really articulate why I was freaked out about it it probably wasn't two in the morning now that I think about it it was probably more just like, felt like it was yeah but at that age it was probably more like midnight or 1 a.m and I came down and I talked to my dad and my dad has always been like Alice is a sensitive child who I do not understand but I love <laughs> and like that was in full display at this moment where he was like just close the book, Alice. Just close the book. <laughs> and he was so sweet. But yeah, I never picked that book back up again, even though I think it's still in my house, <laughs> my parents' house where I grew up. And I just, I think there was probably an age where I could have returned to it and enjoyed it in a different way. But I was just like, no, I can't do it. I don't know how it ends to this day. I'm assuming that the Harry Potter deer, like, prevailed. <laughs> but I just don't know. So, so that's super embarrassing. I'm glad the it's internet fun. knows about all of this. It's fun. It's fun. I got a real good one coming up. So, um, well, not right now. But, okay, so the <laughs> next one that I have is Sophie's World. Um, so this is, like, distinctly one that I was in a seminar, which was, like, theoretically where we met. That is where we met, right? I think. It was either that or, like, high math, something nerdy. Okay, we were, yeah, cool, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So, seminar was, like, our gifted and talented or whatever. And shout out to our um, seminar teacher because she was a badass, but she also was a notorious for like making us read things that were like way above our maturity level and like maybe yes on a literal level I was a good enough reader to read this book but I was not emotionally or like psychologically advanced enough to understand what the fuck it was talking about so I read Sophie's World and the little that I remember of Sophie's World was that it was like some fucking girl that was like having an existential crisis um and like she would like stare at an apple or something and like think about the universe and like there was a lot of physics and like other complicated shit that I didn't fucking understand. The like traumatizing thing for me about it was um, that like I just like felt really confused and like there was a lot of like questions about death and like what happens when you die and like what's the point of the universe and I was like blah! <laughs> like it's really overwhelming and like really like caused me to have like a like premature crisis about like dying that like I probably didn't need to have in the sixth grade but like no no but that's in and around when I first had those crises yeah. as well I don't know what brought it on. Maybe Firebringer. Maybe, maybe Firebringer. As you were reading Firebringer, I was reading like, Sophie's World. It could actually, it's probably like actually a really good book if you're like an adult. I was just like literally 12. It's clearly written by an adult for adults and probably by an adult that hasn't actually talked to a 12 year old like since they were 12. So like they forget that like actual, like I work with 12 year olds every day and like God bless them, but like they are not like having existential crises <laughs> about what the point of the universe is. All right, would you like to move on to number three for you? I kind of wouldn't, but I still <laughs> Kelly knows the story. She this fucking loves the story. This is my favorite Elsa. Okay. I wish I could remember how old I was. I think in my head when I tell the story I was fourth grade, but it was probably more like sixth grade. An adult was like, you like to read. Like, you like fantasy. Like, you should read uh, Outlander. <laughs> Which I think at this point, like most of you know, is like, pretty sexually explicit. There's a really great stars series. Yeah. Yes, there is a really great stars series that I haven't watched because I'm like, <laughs> I've already, that's a chapter of my life I don't want to return to. <laughs> no, I was like quite young and reading all of the Outlander books and there were some very sexually explicit it's like, scenes in it's not, It's like basically a softcore porn with like a light historical basis. Like it's not to say that there are some is an understatement. Like it's, the book is like basically like a graphic porn novel with like a like a time travel aspect. <laughs> like, 
actually. And like, here's the thing. I now feel really embarrassed about it. But at the time, I thought it was totally normal. And um, <laughs> I remember running into a, a, like our friend Haley, actually, her mom at the library. And she was like, oh, Alice, like, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, I'm waiting for the new Outlander book to come in. Like, I don't know if you've read it, but it's really good. And she gave me the weirdest look. Do you remember what you're... I'm sorry, I'm dying. Do you remember what your reaction like? Did you read all of the sex scenes or did you like just like skim over them? And like I kind of just skimmed over them. I was like, okay, well, but where's the time travel? I don't... <laughs> They're like 800 page books. Yeah, like 700 pages. It's quite sex. long, and I didn't read the whole series, but I read at least three of the books. Oh and like, I especially liked the first one where it was like setting up all the time travel stuff. Damn it, all these sex scenes when all I want to read about is time travel. <laughs> Such a classic, Alice. Classic. Oh my god. Okay, we'll like leave your embarrassment um, for Outlander. Or I can even out your embarrassment about Outlander by telling my please Othello do. story. Please, so. please do. Okay, same teacher, same gifted and talented class, sixth grade. Um, so we did a unit on Shakespeare. Um, I think she was on the right idea, so we did a lot of, like, we would read the Shakespeare, but then we would watch movie versions, um, because it's hard to understand if you're, like, a it's hard to understand, like, period for a lot of people, but, like... No, and Shakespeare is one that I firmly believe is meant it's to meant, be performed. It's a play. It's yeah. meant to be performed, and you're but meant to watch catch, it happening. You'll catch maybe 75% if Wait. you're reading it, but you're all, there's gonna be a cap on how much you like. Yeah, understand. and definitely, like, as a sixth grader, I probably caught approximately 0%, so, um, <laughs> so we were watching the movie version of Othello and there is a very explicit at least in the version that we were watching a very explicit sex scene um where Othello and his lady friend are like just going to town and they're it, like they're showing it to you and his I lady friend otherwise known as Desdemona yeah. question mark for calling me out Alice uh, fair disclaimer I never read it but I was like wait a second I wanted to call her Demetria and I knew that wasn't right but I couldn't remember what weird Greek sounding name yeah, that started yeah, with yeah. the D it was oh, fair okay. enough but so, okay, so they're I like, like lady friends. Lady friends. They're like going for it. And they're, it's a, this is a full on, like, explicit, like, including penetration sex scene. And I'm in the fucking sixth grade. So, like, any normal sixth grader, I cover my eyes because I'm like, oh my god, sex. And <laughs> my GT teacher is like, Kelly, uncover your eyes. You need to be watching this. And I was like, there's no lines or Shakespeare happening. Um, I feel like there are other participants in the class that were like more into it than I was. Oh, like, almost certainly. But like, I was like, hard pass. <laughs> so yeah that's mine alright so we each have one more right your now. final traumatizing this is a really great I think I think like these have been getting progressively more embarrassing that's for fine. me in my part, last one is really embarrassing well in part because we've also been going in chronological order so like this is a perfect example of something that like would totally make sense I think if I were freaked out about it at age 5 but I was freaked out about this in 6th grade uh, and it wasn't a book it was uh we had a 6th grade reading class where like we would read about a genre and then they'd show us a movie and like fantasy came around and I love fantasy so I was so excited for the movie that they were gonna show like I was like yes like I loved the book that we read and then I was like so jazzed like we're gonna watch a movie and it's gonna be a fantasy movie this is perfect and then they showed us <laughs> they showed us the dark crystal <laughs> and I was 
so traumatized. The puppets. <laughs> Fine. Yes, for those of you who aren't familiar with The Dark Crystal, it's a Jim Hansen production. It's basically yeah. Muppets, but not your standard But Muppets. fucking creepy Muppets. Creepy as fuck Muppets. And they're some... like weird vulture kind of looking motherfuckers. Those are the ones. And what I remember explicitly is like, I think they had to like drain the life force of each other, so they would take their talons and pull apart each other's rib cages. <laughs> And they would also wear these very decadent clothes, clothes but there was yes. this sense of decay underneath that I had a really hard time with. And I... Similar to bearskin. Similar to bearskin. And I just couldn't handle it. It was in sixth grade, and I spent the whole time, like, looking at it through uh, my fingers. Like, I had such a hard time with this. I also remember at one point, there's, like, this little furry creature that comes popping out, and it's supposed to be a moment of comedy, but I was so high-strung that I think I, like, screamed. I was terrified. What do you, did you have, because the labyrinth is like a similar... I have decidedly never watched the labyrinth. The David Bowie's so prime. <laughs> I know, there's a lot I hear to love about yeah. labyrinth, and I've never watched it, and I remember it's The puppets are similarly creepy, though, so you probably would not like it. Yeah. Two things. I will say, one, I remember telling you about this, and like, <laughs> I was like, Kelly, like, we were in ninth grade, and I was like, Kelly, I need to tell you something embarrassing. <laughs> I think this had come up, and I was, like, we were working on, like, some science project, and I was, like, I need to tell you something really embarrassing, and I, like, bore my soul to you, and I was, like, it was Muppets from the Dark Crystal. I was terrified of them in sixth grade. I was convinced they were hiding everywhere, like, in my shower, and I'm still kind of afraid of them, and you were at, like, a laptop computer, and you, like, pulled them up, and you were, like, these Muppets, and I just, like, shut the computer down, and I was, like, yes, Kelly, those Muppets. Such a dick move. Ninth grade, Kelly. Again. That was during the making of Trashy Treasures. That yeah, was. <laughs> um, so, one. And then, two, they're bringing it back. And I think BuzzFeed and the rest of the internet is, like, so excited about, like, yes. them doing a revival of Dark Crystal. And I'm going like, to Netflix. Yes. And I'm like, great, now I can't watch Netflix. <laughs> you can't open up Netflix for fear of, like, a special Dark Crystal banner on that. Scrolled through the BuzzFeed article that was all about the revival of the Dark Crystal, but it, once again it was like with one eye open, like ready to <laughs> shut my laptop if it got to a scene. It's so, I feel like this is a perfect example of me being an overly sensitive, oh my like, God. neurotic child. No. Okay, if you want to feel better, we can conclude with my um, last pick. Also, embarrassingly, happened in high school when I should have been more emotionally prepared. <laughs> Um, but I had a really hard time reading Angela's Ashes. I would love to think that it had nothing to do with, like, being a spoiled, like, rich kid. But I think, like, that was definitely a factor. Aww. Which is embarrassing. And, like, I would like to think that I've, like, become a better human being than, since then. But, like, I, I read all of Angela's Ashes. But, like, I was really, really upset about it. Like, the entire time. And it was, like, I just remember it being really difficult for me to read it. And I just... So, I never read it. So, like, I know that okay. there's some it's themes been around... a long time yeah. since I read it. But it's basically, like, Frank McCourt is, like, an Irish... Um, is it comes from, like, an Irish family. Um, and they... Um, if I remember correctly, like, they immigrate to the United States, but they're just, like, really, really, like, poor. So, like, and there's a lot of struggle of, like, his mom is, um, ill, and there's just, like, a lot of, just, like, struggle in their family to, like, survive, yeah. and there's a lot of fiction of, like, you know, when their family is, like, starving. There's, like, a lot of humor and stuff, too, but I guess I just, like, really, like, remember viscerally reacting to the idea that, like, children would have to live that yeah. tough of a life, or, like, that you would have to, just, like, struggle to survive that hard as a child. Yeah. Well, um, and then you were probably reacting to your own 
own emotions about it and feeling like doubly like yeah like guilty that, that this never crossed my mind that like children have to like grow up like this like i'm yeah. a terrible person that like this doesn't ever occur to me it was just like a lot of feelings <laughs> all at once but i just remember that being like a really difficult book for me to live and like especially like maybe even more so shout out to my mom because like i think my mom really related to that book in a lot of ways because like she had a much more difficult childhood than i did and she like definitely went through periods of time where like like it was difficult to get like food and things like that and so yeah. like I think she read it and found it like really relatable and like really funny and then was like excited for me to read it and I reacted in such a like oh my god what like kind of a way that I'm sure she was like well what the fuck like did I bring up as a child Aww. like what a spoils <laughs> like you know what I mean like shout out to Cheryl for like being really chill and like not judging me but no but I think that's like I think Okay, so, like, when I think about, like, being a sensitive child and, like, just being a sensitive, like, uh, person in general, it's often something that I, like, wish I could change about myself. And, like, what I try to remind myself, it comes from a place of empathy. Like, yeah. it comes from a place of, like, putting myself in certain, like, situations. Yeah, that's With the what possible like, exception of the dark crystal where I'm <laughs> definitely afraid of puppets, apparently. But, like, every other situation, like, comes a little bit from, like, this place of empathy that makes it hard to watch certain things. Yes. Yeah, and when I think about having conversations of, and, like, not to make this about politics again, but it's, like, the same, it's, like, a similar thing of, like, why I feel like I, like, vote the way I do, or, like, because, like, there are certain situations where, some, where someone will say, like, oh, well, if this changes, how does that affect you? Or, like, yeah. how does that affect your day-to-day life? And I'm be like, it doesn't affect mine but like what about the people whose lives it does like what about the other people and like I just have this like relentless like ability or like inability to like let go of things for like even if it doesn't directly affect me I'm just like worried about like no totally and like I'd like to I'd like to think that that's why I was so upset about Angela's ashes no I think it might also like there were like certain like it was very clear that they didn't like frequently bathe so this might all go back to my fear of bare skin your like need to swim yeah um, yeah I also think you said a phrase that like really hit, hit me which is like I just have a lot of emotions and I will say there's that one scene in Mean Girls. Yes oh my god I have to conclude this with the best story and an absolute shout out to one of my best friends from college Amy who is maybe listening to this podcast but so yes there is that scene in Mean Girls where the girl is like I just have all the feelings and so one time we were having this like very important team meeting about like this big like controversy that happened on our swim team and my best friend Amy was like talking about like her feelings about what happened and she gets really choked up and she starts to cry she goes I just have a lot of feelings and it just like broke all of the tension in the room and everyone in the room just bursts out laughing and she was like simultaneously like wanted to laugh about it but was like really mad because she was like no no one's taking my feelings seriously like one one I love that and yeah. I, I I think I've heard that story before and I always love it and two I kind of just want like a t-shirt or something or like a bumper sticker <laughs> that just says like I, I just have, have a lot, lot of feelings. feelings maybe like a tattoo across my forehead <laughs> just so people know a lot about you yeah no I cry so freaking easily the example that I tell to people when I try to explain that I am like a very emotional person and yes. this is super embarrassing because it happened within the last five years I was on the tee and for whatever reason I was reading a Wikipedia recap of Lady in the Tramp 2 <laughs> like a horrible sequel it's not good quality at all i vividly remember tearing up and being like oh my god all he wants is a family <laughs> that's all he wants kelly well i can i just say that like i am so glad that i have you in my life thank you like a kid by the way this is like an episode where other people are like what 
I think almost all of it. Or other people are like, this is the episode that I've been waiting for because I'm also inexplicably afraid of random things. <laughs> no, it's true. They're just waiting for that moment to tell people. I'm also afraid of Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I'm really glad that this time around you didn't slam a laptop in my face. We can and... still pull up the fucking weird puppets. Yeah, maybe that's how this should end. Um, but no, I like do hope other people have had this experience and we're not just fucking weirdos. I think there's like a BuzzFeed about the green ribbon. Yes. Yeah, so I think other people are experienced, even if they don't want to admit it, maybe yeah. this has been healing for them to hear yeah. that at least two other random girls. I hope so. I hope you're <laughs> out there. I also will say, like, this has been a good therapy session for us, so thanks. We've talked through a lot. Bye. And that's Bounce. Bye!